Welcome back to episode three of The Deer by Wallace Gibbs. Wallace, it's time to get up, Daddy said as he shook me. What time is it? I slurringly asked. It's five o'clock, he said. Can't I sleep in some more? I asked. No, we need to eat breakfast and get to our spot before the sun rises. I could smell sausage frying in the kitchen. I pulled the covers in tight around me and watched as my breath fogged as I breathed in and out. Come on, Wallace, get dressed. I climbed out of the bunk, dressed myself, and went outside to pee. When I returned, I washed my hands in the sink, grabbed a plate, and scooped scrambled eggs, two sausage patties, and a biscuit onto my plate. There's some orange juice and milk in the refrigerator, the man that was cooking said. Thank you, I said as I grabbed a styrofoam cup and headed towards the fridge. Orange juice was a treat for me. It was something that Mama only bought if it was on sale, so I was surprised to see seven cartons in the refrigerator when I opened the door. I filled my glass, sat down, and ate breakfast. Can I have another glass of juice? I asked the man cooking. You bet you can have all you want. Don't drink too much because you won't be able to go to the bathroom until we finish hunting, Daddy chided. Yes, sir. Breakfast was finished and put away quickly, and we all returned to the same truck that we had been in yesterday. Daddy had grabbed both rifles and was holding on to them as we quietly made our way to our spot. We dropped off all the men at their respective deer stands, and then we drove to a spot in a meadow and parked the truck. We have to be very quiet, the man driving the truck said. I was studying the hoof prints yesterday, and I think a couple of does and a buck come by here in the mornings. Daddy jumped out of the bed of the truck. I handed him the guns and then jumped down. What we're going to do is have you stand on this side of the truck, Wallace, the man continued. There's a corn dispenser over there, he said as he pointed over the hood of the truck and into the darkness. When it gets daylight, hopefully that old buck and his girlfriends will come get something to eat. It was very dark last night, so they'll be hungry this morning because they couldn't get out last night with no moon. Daddy quietly unzipped the gun cases and handed me the .30-06, which I held in my right hand, and then the .30-30, which I held in my left hand. He placed the gun cases in the bed of the truck and then took each of the guns and loaded them. He gave me the .30-06 to use. I want you to quietly point that gun over the hood of this truck and towards that corn feeder. I'll let you know when it's time to shoot. It's just like we practice, except for this time you'll be shooting a deer and not a can. Aim right behind his front leg, right where his joins his body. Yes, sir, I whispered. The sun began to peek over the horizon, and I began to make out the shape of the corn feeder. The gun was resting over the top of the hood. My legs began to ache from standing in one position for so long. Don't lock your knees, Daddy said. You can move around. Just be very quiet. Suddenly, a doe appeared right next to the feeder, and then another doe. Daddy put his fingers to his lips, indicating that I should remain quiet. 
He then made a hand gesture indicating that I should get the gun aimed and be ready. I got the gun into position, staring at the corn feeder where the two does were. Just as suddenly as the does appeared, a ten-point buck stepped into the area around the feeder. Daddy gave a nod, indicating that I should go ahead, take my aim, and shoot him. Suddenly, the picture of a ten-point rack hanging over the piano popped into my head. Four points more than Virgil had. Daddy was going to be so proud of me. My classmates, Stephen Graham, Jerry Scarborough, Scott Wiley, were all going to be proud and impressed at my abilities. I sighted the buck in the scope of the gun. Hit him right behind his front legs, I remember Daddy saying. I did this. I pulled the gun tight against my shoulder in preparation for the recoil and slowly squeezed the trigger. Blam! The gun retorted. I looked up over the hood only to see the two does and the buck disappear into the brush. Dead gummit! I heard Daddy shout. What's wrong? Did I hit him? No! Dead gummit! I didn't take into account that you were slightly shorter than the profile of the truck and your bullet went through the hood. I slowly turned and looked at the hood of this man's once pristine pickup truck. Sure enough, there was a hole the size of a fifty-cent piece through the ridge in the center of the hood. David, Daddy began, I'm so sorry, I'll pay to get that fixed. David walked around to the front of the truck and popped the hood. Looks like the bullet grazed the top of the ridge and that's the only damage, David remarked. That's good, Daddy said. Well, I don't think that any deer are going to come here this morning after that shot. Let's heck back to the cabin, David suggested. I'm so sorry, I embarrassingly said. It's okay, son, David began. These things happen. Daddy and I didn't say anything as we sat in the front seat headed to the cabin. Jane, when are you going home? David asked. We're leaving tomorrow, David, Daddy said. We have church on Sunday. I have a doe permit. Let's see if we can get Wallace on a stand this evening before nightfall. Whatever comes up, he can shoot it. Buck or doe, it don't matter. Thanks, David, Daddy said. I'll take you up on that offer. As mid-morning came, David left and picked up the rest of the men from their respective campsites. Two of the men had shot a buck and had hung them from an oak tree near the cabin and were field dressing them. No one said anything about the hole in David's hood, and I surely didn't say anything. I avoided most of the men for the rest of the day, and around four o'clock, me, David, and Daddy left the campsite to go and place me in a tree stand several miles from the cabin. Daddy and I climbed up into the tree and got settled. David had told us that he would be back after nightfall to pick us up. Daddy and I had agreed that I would shoot whatever deer appeared first. Daddy wanted me to be able to shoot at least one deer before we left the next morning. We sat in silence for about an hour. I watched and scanned all around me looking for any signs of movement. Suddenly, just like this morning, a doe appeared and began to nibble at some corn that had been thrown down earlier in the day. Daddy and I waited patiently, hoping that a buck would make an appearance. 
The dough disappeared and the sun began to set. We waited for another fifteen minutes and then another dough appeared. Daddy nodded his head, indicating his approval. Just like this morning, I sighted the dough in my scope. I wasn't going to miss this time. Blam! The dough fell to the ground right where she had been standing a few moments earlier. Daddy and I climbed out of the stand and made our way to where the body was. I looked down at the female deer lying on her side. I could see only one of her eyes and it was wide open. Her tongue was hanging out of her mouth. I could see where the bullet had entered her chest, exploding her heart. Good job, son, Daddy said. Thanks. I returned. It had gotten completely dark and David returned. We could see his headlights coming in our direction long before we saw the truck. Did you get anything? he asked as he pulled alongside us. Wallace killed a doe, Daddy returned. That's great, David said enthusiastically. I still didn't know what to think. This was my first time to kill an animal. Normally, Daddy and Virgil were the hunters. Daddy killed the snakes, slaughtered the pigs, and the one cow that we had. Virgil would chop off the chickens' heads. I was always the bystander, the person that went in to get the hot water to scald the feathers off the dead chicken bodies, or the person who placed the chicken's head between two nails in a two-before. I was the person that would have blood splattered on me as Virgil chopped off their heads, but I was never the executioner. This was a new role for me, and one that I didn't like. I kept looking at the face of the deer. David hopped out of the truck. He and Daddy threw the carcass into the bed of the pickup, and we headed back to camp. I had seen enough animals being killed that I knew what came next. When we arrived at the camp, we went to the same tree that the other men had used earlier in the day. Daddy tied a rope around each of the hind legs of the deer, and we hoisted her up. Daddy then took a knife and slit her skin from right below her neck to in between her back legs. I could see her gut starting to spill out. Daddy reached inside her body cavity and pulled the intestines, stomach, and the other organs out. Plop was the sound the mass of guts made as it hit the ground. I watched as Daddy and David removed the skin and the head from the carcass and began to carve the meat into particular cuts for eating. You haven't said much lately, Daddy said as he looked over in my direction. Are you okay? I'm fine, I returned, lying to him. I didn't feel good at all. I'm not a hunter, I kept telling myself. I don't like this at all. I watched as David and Daddy finished cutting up the deer. Your mama will sure be proud of you, Daddy said. We will sure eat this meat up. The meat was placed into two ice chests that Daddy had brought with us. I'm going to go put this in the car trunk, Daddy began. That will keep the coyotes away from it. It'll be safe tonight because the temperature is going to be below 30 degrees. We'll stop by the store tomorrow and get us some dry ice to keep it cool until we get home. I don't know what Daddy did with all of the entrails, the skin, and the head. I had completely lost interest in the deer hunting at this point. Daddy and I entered the cabin together. All of the men came by to shake my hand to congratulate me on my accomplishment. I told them thank you, 
but the victory was hollow. Dinner was served. Hot dogs were on the menu tonight, along with ranch-style beans. I ate two hot dogs and then went to bed. Daddy let me sleep in until 8 o'clock in the morning. We both ate breakfast, then packed and headed towards the house. Daddy let me sleep in until 8 o'clock. I'm going home. I'm going to I'm going to drive home, he said. We made it back to the house around 12 o'clock noon. Daddy honked the horn as we pulled into the driveway. Mama, Virgil, and Gina all came out the garage door to greet us. Did you get a deer? Virgil asked. I did, I answered. How many points was he? Wallace shot a doe, Daddy interjected. David had a doe permit, and we... How? Virgil asked. Daddy relayed the story to Mama, Virgil, and Gina, and then admitted to everyone that it was really his fault because he forgot to take into account my height versus the height of the truck. That's okay, Wallace, Daddy began. When I was in the U.S. Army, I shot a tire on a Jeep when I accidentally discharged a gun. I'm just thankful that it was the hood and that the bullet didn't go into the engine. At least you didn't bring it home, Mama said. I don't think that there's room over the piano to hang it. We all laughed a little, and my mood began to lighten. That was the first and the last time that I ever went deer hunting. That's Virgil's territory, I told myself. This concludes Episode 3 of The Deer by Wallace Gibbs.